What's good, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to Man to Man. We're the best NBA show out there right now. You can find us on all streaming platforms as well on the Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam. The hoop star Nash. Hey man, if you missed our show last week with certified platinum artist, singer, and songwriter Mark E. Basie, go check that out wherever you get your podcast. We also got that interview up on YouTube. If you want to watch us shoot the shit with Mark, super cool dude, very humble guy, big Golden State Warriors fan. Fun hearing about you know how he used to kick it with Clay and Draymond. He's also got a hot new single out called Free Like Me on all streaming platforms. It's a banger. Go check it out if you haven't yet. This week, we're transitioning, baby. We're going to bring on another very special guest, a dear friend of ours from our hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out, Titans, baby. Tighten up one time. Uh, I think you may may have heard him before. His name is uh, Mitchell Tim Penny. But before we shoot the shit with Mitch, golly, shout out to Yaz Apparel. My God, we got to do it to him. It's the hottest streetwear available on the market right now. They got the most exclusive Fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies, T-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes is rocking a Yaz hoodie in his arsenal. And hey, every item sold, they donate clothes, clothing to the homeless. It's a win-win. You look good. You do it for good cause. Plus, everything in the store is 50% off at the checkout. That's a yazapparel.club. Go check them out. We'll throw the link in the description. Hey, once again, you're listening to Man to Man on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We're hanging out with a young stud in the wall who has been nominated for multiple awards, including the 2019 ACM Award for New Male Artist of the Year and CMT Music Award for Breakthrough Video of the Year off his certified double platinum. Number one hit, Drunk Me. Please welcome my guy, Mitchell Timfini. Golly, Timfini. What's good, my guy? Appreciate you coming on, brother. How you doing? Dude, I'm great. What a What an intro, bro. Hey, did not, your research. Right? Not a bad intro. Hey, I feel like I just hyped you up man to man was, out here, no? I'm, I'm ready to go today, man. Come on. Let's go. Let's tighten go. up. And tighten up. You're rocking the sweatshirt. About to be a good day. Hey, get your damn merch. Mitchell's Got rocking. Going. Get your merch, baby. All right, man. So, little backstory for the people that are watching or listening. Liam and I grew up playing basketball at the YMCA in Middle Tennessee from an early age all the way up to high school. To say the least, we've seen our fair share of people come and go throughout the years. And then out of nowhere, these guys coming in with jerseys and Jordans on with an attitude like, hey, we got our squad. Don't care how long you've been here. We got next. I'm about to toss you in a pan and fucking cook you. <laughs> the rest <laughs> is history. This guy we began to know is Mitchell Lee, the Wolfpack. Mitch, the, the, thing, the thing that caught my attention the most about you were the jerseys and shoes, right? I mean... <laughs> We all know that one guy or like one of our friends that buys the fake $20 jerseys off AliExpress trying to flex at the party. I'm 1000% guilty of it. You throw it in the wash and dryer. It's fucked up. You wear it again, whatever. But your jerseys were authentic. And I don't think we ever saw you without a jersey on when it came to playing basketball. I know that closet is filled with some heat, but I got a couple questions for you here, Mitch. How many jerseys and Jordans have you actually gone through? What are some of your favorite ones? And there's there maybe one that you'll never, ever wear again or one that you've ruined that was your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I got too many jerseys, more than run through them. I've just grown, grown too big or gotten too fat to put them back on. Uh, but I got a million, a million jerseys. Love my jerseys. Yeah, me, William Mayfield, Johnny Dresch uh, would just show up wearing the jerseys. Look good, feel good, play good. I believe that. Uh, but Jordans, man, that's that's tough. I've, I've just always loved, yeah. loved sneakers, man, and Jordans. Um, I mean, it's, it's cliche, but I think just the Chicago ones are my favorite. The Chicago Red Bull Jordans. Yeah. Can you see me? Some, sorry. I thought it was something just messed up. Yeah. The red Chicago ones, man, his first ones, they were, um, I don't know. You can kind of even wear them with anything. They're sick. The high tops. I don't know, yeah. man. You can't go wrong with them. They're, they're too good. And, and I ruined a pair of threes. Like I had, um, I had some threes one time, some black threes that I loved and, I, I wore them a lot, like on the road and stuff. They became like my beaters, and I don't know. They just, you know, they just got all messed up, and you can't. And then you see, I keep things so clean all the time and so pristine. And then I kept looking at them. I was like, man, I can't even wear these. I got to throw them away, and they're probably just fine. But are, you know, are, I, are the are the Jordans beaters once you uh, get creases in them, or or what considers no, them beaters? Well, like, not the for creases me. are crucial, right? Not for me. I'm not a. I'm not a 
snob on the creases. You got to okay, wear your okay. shoes. Creases are going to happen. Um, I, I like wearing your shoes. So creases okay. are natural. I think it's, I don't know, when it gets to a point where you can't clean them when there's dirt on them or a scuff that's too, I don't know, too noticeable. It's it's a little weird for me at that point. But <laughs> creases don't bother me. What about your, right, what about there your, it is. what about your jersey? Is, is LeBron, LeBron jersey your favorite right now or what? What's going yeah, on? we got the Bron jersey back here. Man, I, I think one of my favorite, yeah, I love that LeBron jersey back there. I, yeah, I was actually just wearing the, uh, the black Mamba before, uh, before I got on here with y'all. Oh man, he didn't rock. Uh, okay. Okay. That's dude, I exciting. think my favorite jerseys that I got back in the day, that Mike Vick, that black with the, with the red and the white and the, and the, the black stripes up here, man. That old, that old Falcon jersey, man. One of my favorite, or, or Marshall Falk. I got a Marshall Falk, um, Rams that that one unfortunately they after they beat the Titans in the Super Bowl they changed jerseys the next uh, year but those jerseys were solid they were sick and so I had to do it he's, he right. keeps thinking about the top of his head he's got more okay we'll get you later. <laughs> yeah he has a whole closet he probably has yeah. 200 jerseys in there That's right. okay. yeah at, le at least uh let's take a little uh couple <laughs> steps back here um kind of you know see where you come from obviously you're from the city of Nashville kind of born and raised yep. there kind of been growing up around music um i guess just to kick it off is just how did you develop like a passion do you always know you're going to be you know music being a part of your life or did you have somebody there to kind of influence you in that you know right. aspect yeah man i mean i was always around music my my grandmother was in the business uh she was president at sony publishing in downtown for 30 years and my mom worked there so I was like around songwriters all the time and I love songwriters. I thought they were amazing. So I, um, I always had that in me and I was in bands all the time growing up in schools. A lot of our buddies uh, just always playing in bands, but I, I don't know. I never really knew it would turn into something that it would be my job and, and, and a career. I just kept doing it because I love to do it. Same thing in college, bands broke up then it was just me. Started playing more acoustic stuff and you know, one thing led to another. I was just playing all the time for money and stuff. And it just became uh, just became a thing that just out of not knowing or doing anything else, it became a thing that I, I did. I did every day and it became my career. Mitchell, I want to touch on that, touch up on that real quick. I mean, it sounds like you've kind of been all over the place. You listen to some Michael Jackson, you throw some John Mayer, right. maybe system of a down, maybe fucking ludicrous or Usher, who knows? Hell yeah. Then bam, you just said it. Tim Penny is leading the boys in a screamo band, creating mosh pits in the frat house basements. Obviously, chicks are going nuts, right? And they're but they're saying Mitch has got to go into the country music. We need the voice in the country music. Now you got guys that are you know sitting at a bar taking a hundred proof at a fucking dome, trying to text their ex girlfriend. You know when their guy when the boys leave, and then you got Johnny, aka Johnny, your ex, in your phone, so they don't bag on you. But the question is, Mitch. <laughs> What, what caused the transition of, hey, country music is going to be my main focus? And did living in Nashville, a predominantly country music city, have any say in it? Well, I think just when we all went to college and we all broke up, like everyone went to different colleges, that probably helped. Um, <laughs> and my mom, man, my mom, she, bless, bless her heart, she'd come to every show, but it just, it wasn't the music for her. And I wrote... <laughs> I remember the first song I wrote that was like just acoustic and she started crying like in a good way. Cause I thought it's like, she, she was like, Oh my gosh, maybe he's stopping this other music and going to play this. And, mm -hmm. and I just kind of saw that. I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to do this for a living, I might need to start making music that uh, other people besides just myself might like. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that happened for sure. Um, well, let's talk about this music. Uh, I guess your first, I guess it's an EP, right? The Linden Avenue. EP. Yeah, very first. Yeah, yeah. That was the very first thing I released here in town. Yeah, so that kind of did pretty well, as I can remember. And we did a little bit of our research. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure the song Bitches, was that when that first was released? <laughs> Bitches, baby, let's go. And that was kind of... that was the first thing we released, man. And, the, and it was just, what a crazy thing, man. What a crazy song. Everyone said, don't do it. And um, it, it, it made our career. It set right. the tone. And so it was crazy. So, so did you know at that time when you were making that song and releasing that, that that song, I mean, let's be fair, that song is kind of controversial. You know, you kind of just mentioned it. You, a lot of people say in country music, you should probably not release that. But did you know that that was going to be as successful as it was? And I guess the, the second part to that question, 
Do we get to know who those bitches are? Who the bitches, <laughs> Mitch? Come on. It wasn't we, anyone specific. Um, he's lying, buddy. coach. He's <laughs> lying. No, it really wasn't. I, I I wasn't even in a bad mood that day. I, my buddy Dallas Wilson um, came out to my studio, and I just wasn't in the mood to write that day, but he came all the way out there, and he's like, man, let's just try something. And I've just jokingly started humming that, you know, like, he had this little guitar leg, and I was like, I don't deal with bitches no more. <laughs> just joking, because I was like, I don't want to write. And he's like, looked at me, he's like, man, would, should we write this? It'd be fun. So we wrote it as a joke. <clears throat> I made the demo, and it kind of did its thing around Nashville. It just started circulating through emails, and I kept getting texts like, man, this is actually whatever. This is good. This is dope. I love this. And so it surprised me in that way. Um, but, you know, I let people know it's not like, you know, for me, it's not about girls being bitches or guys being bitches. It's about bitches being bitches. And we found that out real quick that everyone was putting in their own story to that song. Yeah. So um, when I saw that, when I saw the reaction coming back and hearing people say that, I was like, well, man, maybe, maybe we should give that a shot. I don't know. It's, um, it's very, like you said, it was, you know, it's kind of a controversial thing to do, especially in that industry. But I knew if we're going to stand a chance at anything, we have to be different. We have to create some kind of wave and, Right. Me and the team all agreed and that we were going to go for it, and we did. And it was, you know, one of those things that ended up working for us. I'm glad. So take did. take me through that story of how, like, so obviously that's what transitioned you into the Sony deal. So how did that, like, is there a story behind that song or like, is there yeah, anything so, there? <clears throat> yeah. So I started Riser House Records here in town with uh, Matt Swanson out of California. We started it because no one in town was you know, listening or giving me a chance and that stuff. So it was like, well, we'll do it ourselves. And we did that and we put out that song and we were able to, in the Linden Avenue EP with uh, I'll Call You Later and a few other songs on that and had success with it and where it was able to fill up a room at CMA Fest, um, you know, at the, bar, at the at Bridgestone Arena, you know, the little pyramid there. They opened it up for CMA Fest at the time and the big glass pyramid, we, we had the whole place packed and they were screaming back bitches and it was one of those natural moments where you like never know who's in the room. And afterwards, my <clears throat> my manager at the time came up and was like, "Hey, this is uh, I need to introduce you to somebody. This is Sony Records, and you know they they saw the show and they liked what they heard and blah blah blah. And, and then, so we ended up doing a joint venture with them pretty soon after that, and it just kind of took off from there. And it was just one of those things where we you know we kind of built a following like y'all are doing from the ground up from from you know doing it the right way and. And then someone saw it and wanted to be a part of it. It's yeah. hilarious, man. I was watching the music video last night and I, I double take. I was like, that was Mitchell. Mitchell's the other the actor playing the band. The bitch in the music. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was a little different for me, yeah. It was so funny. All right. Um, all right. So, you know, you, you got the EP rocking, you know, get creeping people out of their chairs. Then you're teasing this, telling all my secrets. My God, Mitch, you're on the phone about to call God, confess everything. Getting people like, okay, here we go. What's he going to come out with now? He's dropping the heat. So you oh, drop this this full length major label debut. You're flirting with the charts. They're flirting back. You're hitting, you know, number five on Billboard's top country albums charts. You got hits like you just said. I'll call you later. Drunk me reached top ten on the Billboard country airplay. I mean, when you write these songs, my guy, you got to be thinking. I can't be the only one that feels this way. I mean, there are people out there that can relate to what I'm writing, right? I mean, you you hope so. I mean, especially drunk me too. You know, I wrote that song and um, I pitched that song to other artists. I didn't, I didn't think it was for me at all. Then when we got the record deal and we had to make our own record, that song was still available. And I ended up putting my vocal on it. I had someone else sing the vocal for the demo and I ended up putting my vocal on it. And I remember coming back in the room and looking at my, uh, my producer, Jordan Schmidt, and just being like, dude, this sounds different. I, I mean, I, th I think it sounds good, but I don't know if it's going to work or not. Is it too, too pop? Is it too, you know, too cinematic or the drums too big, but I don't know. We just made it like we wanted it. We, and uh, I was like, well, I know it's different. Like I said, at the beginning, if it's going to, if anything's going to work or have a chance, it's got to be different. Right. And it ended up, you know, right out of the gate. That was, we had a number one song in country radio with that. And it was pretty crazy, man. It just kind of how fast life took over after that, how fast things changed. Um, right. Yeah, man, it was, and, and it was just nuts. It was nuts. How it is always have you know to have someone singing back your song or hear on the radio is pretty yeah. pretty crazy. And that song kind of 
you know, well, start all that. You, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Mitch. I know I can relate. My ex kicked me to the curb. You got me listening to Drunk Me by M10 at the bar on Broadway asking for my fifth pickleback shot. I'll take another one here. <laughs> Here's a follow-up question for you. Did you know that these other songs were going to turn you into, you kind of just kind of just touched up on it, uh, turn, the, turn you into a household country artist and my God, dude, who do you have? To, who do you owe a thank you to? Is it Jack Daniels? Is it the bartenders on Broadway or is it your ex? Come on, Mitch. Man, um, there's a million people you got to think. It's it's an amazing, it's a massive team. It's, it's, it's just about building a team, though, man. Building a team that believes in you, that eats when you eat. Um, you don't want to get lost in the in the in the mix of everything. You want to be very important, be on their their mind every day, and. And that's kind of that's kind of the hardest part about this industry. Like everyone can play guitar, everyone can sing, but can you build a team around it to do, you know, the hard thing, which is, you know, sell it. And that's like, that's the toughest part. And that's what I've learned more than anything. And so it's so many more people than me. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain it all, but I mean, I, I'll start with just my mom and dad for not turning me away from playing music because I have so many friends that have moved to Nashville to play music and they don't have their parents' blessings. And um I can't like imagine how hard that would be. I never had that. I never had to worry about disappointing my parents if I did music. So it was kind of like <clears throat> I could be naive and go for it and see what happens and uh, be it, you know, be it, not be afraid to fail essentially. And I think that's a very powerful thing to have in any business or any company you're starting is to not be afraid to fail and um, having, you know, the blessings from the people you care about definitely help that. Okay. Right. Okay, Mitch. I like. Well, that. I mean, if, if if an ex can teach you anything, it is how to write a uh, absolute banger. You know, for these absolute people out here. banger. Yeah. But let's uh, let's kind of fast forward. You know, talk about some recent things uh, here in 2020. Uh, obviously, yep. this kind of has brought a lot of people down, um, especially with Nashville. I mean, they had that tornado right before COVID hit. Um, yeah. But. Basically, your your first tour, international tour, kind of got canceled due to this COVID thing, right? Um, yeah. But then you released the single Broken Up um, back in, I think it was August or early August. Yeah. Um, so just how how has you, you as an artist, like, you know, kind of getting through or getting through this COVID thing? Has um, it impacted you in any certain way? And then maybe is there a positive that you, you, you found through this time? or Right, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's impacted like crazy. I mean, my, my entire band and crew don't have jobs and, and I don't, I mean, I don't really have a job as, as far as like being on the road, we can't play. And that's how we make most of our money as a songwriter. I'm lucky to have that income. But other than that, like, man, it's, it's tough because the world shut down and, and I, and I put a lot of that weight on my shoulders because that's my band. That's my crew, my brothers in my band. And, you know, they've given me everything they had for the last three years. And for it to all of a sudden, end, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. And there's nothing we can do. So that is tough, but everybody in the industry is dealing with that and had to let go of so many people. And it's just, it's a sad thing, but I think it, it has given us more time to write songs, to be home. And like you said, you know, releasing Broken Up, getting to release music. And I mean, this is the best time if a pandemic was ever gonna happen to have the technology we have right. to interact with fans and people, even like this, like a podcast, things that we can still keep, you know, stay current and keep, let, let people know that you're still doing it. You're here and be productive. is very important. Right. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do, man. Just, just more music, releasing more music, writing more music, doing things like this, man, just being out there and, and trying to make sure that people don't, uh, people don't think I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen you, you've gone on Instagram live for a couple, you know, Oh yeah. in studio uh, yeah. performances and stuff like that. Is that, is that one of the things that you would say that you enjoyed the most of like just being able to, you know, still reach the fans and stuff like that? Or are you still itching? Obviously you're probably itching to get back on tour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, it's, it's at first it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you can interact and like I said, they can text back and you read the comments as they come in live, but man, after a while playing to a screen is just not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same high when you got three year olds yelling bitches back at you, right, Mitch? <laughs> it's it's that's it's it cliche as it is, man. It's the greatest feeling in the world and, and I miss it like crazy. So we want to get back to that. We want to get back to that as soon as we can. 
I'll tell you what, man. I think people are like once 2020 does like December 31st or 31 days in December, like January 1st, like bam, pandemic's gone. No, it's not. So, but hopefully, you know, it'll end sooner than later. Obviously, yeah. if there's one thing the pandemic has taught us, it's, you know, especially Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee tough. You know, that's the Titan slogan. We come absolutely. together, absolutely come stronger than ever before, guys. So um, cool deal, Mitch. Love talking to you. We're on man to man at on Dash Radio's nothing but net channel. We got Mitchell Tim Penny hanging out with us. Um, Mitch, let's just get juicy with it. We know you personally. Let's do some fun stuff here. Um, we know you like talking about music every single second of the day, but we are gonna shoot you with some rapid fire questions. Whatever comes to mind, you just gotta answer. You ready, my soldier? Yeah, dude. Let's do it. All right. Favorite food in the fridge. What you got, Mitch? Cheesecake. What kind of cheesecake? Yeah, we got flavors. Just plain, plain cheesecake, man. I like a thick crust too, man. Yeah. Gotta have. Okay, most famous person to slide into the DMs. <laughs> I don't know if you can uh, answer this one, but go ahead. No, no, he'll answer it if you. He'll answer it the smart way. Man, I'm, I'm trying to think. Dang. Um. Doesn't have to be a female. <laughs> Yeah, like Jimmy, uh, but- I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, but- Jimmy Butler, man. We became good friends because of DMs, dude. Jim- Jimmy Buckets. You yeah. hanging out with Jimmy or no? Uh, we, I mean, we haven't seen each other during the pandemic personally, but uh, we, we talked a lot, especially when he was uh, making his final push there. We were kind of, uh, he loves country music, and so he was, you know, he put us on his playlist, and we'd talk back and forth and kind of pump each other up, man. He's a good, good, good dude, solid guy. All right, Jimmy's Jimmy's rocking the M10 for pregames. Okay, here we go. Uh, one superpower. What, what you got, Mitch? What would it be? I think the fly, man. That'd be pretty cool. Where are you flying to? Anywhere, dude. Anywhere. Just flying. <laughs> Just flying. Downtown Just around on. the Batman building. Oh, man. All right. Um, he's flying around the Batman building. Craziest moment of your life? <laughs> um, one of the craziest? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to say you know, playing, playing in arena, playing arenas and hearing people sing back drunk me. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Okay. Best relationship advice. Come on, Mitch. What you got for the boys? You're a little older than us, man. So yeah. Give us us the advice, Mitch. I think, you know, I think the most important thing in a relationship is to listen. I know that sounds so cliche, but like, even if you don't agree, just, just listening and letting them speak for a while and not giving your opinion on it will go so much further than anything in life, I promise. Okay, so you don't win any convers any back and forth arguments. We got can't win. There's no there's no winning anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch. I don't know if you have it already. I mean you got a you got a cool looking whip. I'll give it to you. But dream trucker car? Uh dream trucker car. I mean I it's just a truck. I'm I'm gonna get that Tesla truck when it comes out just to be uh, annoying and eco friendly at the same time. Okay. But I, yeah. I, love, I love my Ford F-150s, just big, big old Ford F-150s. Man. You got it. You got it souped up all the way or you got all the amenities yeah. in there? Or- <laughs> uh, not, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's an older truck, but it's, it's got the leather and all the stuff it, back in 2014. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, yeah, cars aren't really my thing, man. I don't really care. They just get me around. I've never been a car guy. I remember a funny story here. I'm at the red light right next to Mitchell. I mean, this is in broad daylight here a couple of weeks ago. I'm honking the shit out of this guy trying to get his attention. You probably got drunk me blasting on 80 here. Mitchell is turning around all sorts of way. And he's like, who the hell is honking at me? Finally get your damn attention after 10 seconds. You almost wreck into the fucking middle panel or whatever it's called. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, Mitch, what about this? Best party you've been to? Come on. We know you like to drink a little bit. Best party I've been to? Best party you've been to, man. Vegas has some cool parties uh, up on up in the penthouses. Up in you've been in the penthouses in Vegas, huh? Dude, when you go to ACM's awards in Vegas, they um they got a lot of lot of dope parties going on up there. It's pretty cool. You got, you got any uh, like famous people? What's your you got any famous people? Yeah, <laughs> Just, uh, Mitch? Justin Timberlake was there one time, um, chilling with his uh, wife, and I was like, I'm a huge Justin fan, so like. Oh yeah. I was walking, I was walking up to it. I was feeling I was buzzed, you know, got my drive. I was walking up to it. I was gonna let know we're both from Tennessee. And dude, I got just moved out of the way by this massive dude. It's just no, like you did not. He's like, whoa, you ain't you ain't getting close to Justin. What you oh, we're was, both from Tennessee. We're both from Tennessee. It's fine. We're both from Tennessee. I, I think I said that and it just didn't work. I I, I tried to make make him aware of it. Okay, but, that was okay. A little embarrassing. Here's the next question. Most embarrassing moment of your life. <laughs> Oh man! Juicy with you, Mitch. We're getting juicy. 
that's tough. Most embarrassing moment of my life, probably, um, and probably just falling on stage, man. I mean, that's pretty embarrassing <laughs> when everyone's looking at you and then all of a sudden you just do something that's completely unathletic. Okay, so our next question was, ever forgot your lyrics on stage? But it all sounds like... Okay, all the time I forget lyrics on stage, man. I, I, all the time. That's always a problem because I write so many songs. Um, yeah, that's it's that's you, a real thing. What do you uh, what do you do there when when you forget? You just say fucking lip go sync, to the chorus. Right? I just yeah, I just <laughs> lip sync something, or uh, <clears throat> I'll just say it wrong, or we'll just go over it and keep on moving. The show must the, go the, on. But I the true a lot. fans, the true fans will look at you in the front and say, "I don't know if that is that Mitchell Timpani or." Yeah. That <laughs> all right, Mitch. It's, what about uh? What about pineapple on pizza? You're rocking it or no? Not for me. Not okay. straight nope. pepper. Straight pepper. What about uh? What about olives? Green olives, black olives? No. Okay, he doesn't. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very boring. I don't, I don't want all that flavor. I just want one solid, good meat selection, pepperoni, and no some. Set. Okay. Yeah, I don't like anything else. All right, best bar on Broadway. Well, it used to be Paradise Park. I don't know if it's still there anymore. So I know you got some stories at the park. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't been to Broadway in a long time, so I can't give it. But the best bar that was there for me growing up was Paradise Park, for sure. Okay, what about Midtown? You're a big Midtown guy, aren't you, more than Broadway? Yeah, I, I love my losers, man. I love losers bar and grill, for sure. Okay, he's a loser, not a winner. Best yeah. bar. Uh, <laughs> just messing with you. <laughs> Favorite uh, shot. Favorite shot at losers. Tequila. No matter what, tequila. Love tequila. Straight up, no salt, no nothing, just tequila. No, tequila, chug it with a beer, chase it with a beer. That's all you need to do. All right, we got a couple more for you, Mitch. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would it be? This is our serious one out of all of them. Whoa, that's uh, that's tough. I gave Um, you a preparation on this one a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I forgot because we were, I think we were (laughs) having some drinks too. Um, you know, I, I tell everybody to kind of leave each other alone, man, let each other be and do their thing and quit worrying about everything, each other so much. And I think the world would get along a lot better if we, if we, if we quit like diving into everyone's business, you know, just kind of live each other's life. I would let them know, just like, come on, man, like enough's enough. Everyone's different. Let's just, uh, let's just enjoy what we do and just kind of leave each other alone be nice to everybody. Man, I feel that. Why can't people be more nice around here? You know, we've had people that answer that for like two minutes. And I want to ask you that you, you were, you said something like that. And our boys were like, I wasn't 30. I was just 30 seconds. <laughs> I love it, Mitch. All right. This is a funny one here. This is like, this is actually the best one we got, Mitch. Um, MJ or Kobe, who's the goat? Uh, oh, them two, MJ. MJ or Kobe, who's the goat? Uh, MJ for sure. Okay. He didn't catch that one. You think LeBron's the GOAT? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Of them two, LeBron <laughs> is definitely the GOAT, though. 100%. All right. How about No Nut November? You conquer that one or you lose that one? <laughs> I don't play that game. He don't play that game? First hour, he's out. Strike out, coach. All right. Mitch, we got one last one for you. Best NBA show out there inside the NBA, NBA The Jump, or, you know, your guys, man-to-man. Look at it, boys, right here. Repping, repping. We repping, baby. I got to say, you got you got a nice fit on. The, the sound yeah. hat, the, the sweater. Thanks, dude. Yeah, man, I got you. Yeah, I love these, man. Y'all did a great job. And, yeah, I got to represent anything national, baby, all the time. Yeah, Appreciate it, Mitch. Sure, sure, we got anything sure. else for Mitch, or is what are we doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, Christmas EP's out, right? We got to yeah, get Yeah, Neon Christmas, that EP's out now, yeah. Okay, and uh, I guess go listen to that and go listen to Broken Up. Thank you. Yeah. Um, bangers. Uh, I know everybody's in that Christmas mood already. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Yeah, I know. Che- Mitch is go, in it. Yeah, go check yeah. out that. Um, but I guess, I guess that's it. I mean, what yeah. Is- wait, Mitch, are you touring or no? Are you, are you, uh, are you getting an album out for next year? Are you working on an album? You're touring. What, what's going on with you next? Yeah, there's no tour in sight right now, unfortunately. But we got lots of music. We are. We've already been in the studio recording for the next record. So tons of music coming out. But tour. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Ain't happening. We got Mitchell Tim Penny hanging out with us. Mitch, we both know the Titans about to whoop some Raven ass. Let's go tighten up. Baby. Tighten Let's up. Go. So we're, we're not going to hold you any longer. Mitch, <laughs> you're a boy. We appreciate you, man. It's all Nashville Thank love. You guys. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, brother. All right. You're killing it, boys. My God, what a good guy, right? Mitchell Tim Penny, good yeah. dude. Good dude. I mean, from Nashville, he's one of our, you know, dear friends, like you mentioned at the beginning. But yeah, very cool to have have him on. And uh, 
look forward to, you know, seeing what's coming up next for him. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough as an artist, you know, hanging out with Mitchell. It's, it's you know, you kind of see the the real side of him wanting to get out there and perform and do shows, but he kind of just can't. No one can right now, you know, all these festivals getting canceled. Mitch not really doing nothing right now, but I say, I mean, we talked to Mark last week and, you know, the main thing that I took away from Mark was with all this quarantine was, hey, there are a lot less distractions, especially when it comes to social life. You kind of just go to the studio, man, work on, you know, work on your craft, do it every day, wake up, get some new music going. I feel like that's the best thing for artists this year, no? Right. Uh, I mean, Mark mentioned it. He he dropped a, a single out during quarantine. Same with Mitchell. We see him, you know, release Broken Up. It, that's pretty much all you do. You can do right now, you know, just hit the studio hard and just, you know, own that craft of yours, I guess. Yeah, just uh, throw another banger out there. Why not? You got more time to do it, right? Instead of getting pressured. But hey, listen, man, Mitchell's a cool dude. We'll have him on again. Um, he's rocking the merch, man. Go get your merch if you haven't. Yeah, we got like five larges left. But hey, we got a new website coming out. We're coming out with new stuff every single day. Be sure to check that out on mandemanpodcasts.com. Uh, we're going to transition. We're going to talk a little bit basketball. We are on a basketball channel, so we're going to talk some basketball. Golly, it was a long week uh, for the NBA this week from, you know, obviously the NBA draft to free agency. My God, Liam, I didn't even know it was free agency on Friday night. I posted probably 30 plus times on Instagram. No? Yeah. I mean, it's big. I mean, just the short offseason. No, no summer league, nothing. We just got, you know, back-to-back draft Free agency right. season start. Let's get after it. Let's go Tom into and- some. Yeah, let's go into some notable picks here. Um, obviously, a, a lot of these college kids, they didn't get much exposure. We don't know a lot about them. But the first round, we were uh, a bit more familiar with than the second round. Obviously, we waited for our Pacers probably two hours in on the 54th pick. But let's just go into it. Obviously, elephant in the room. Anthony Edwards expected going to the T-Wolves. James Wiseman, Warriors. Uh, LaMelo Ball, obviously Hornets. I love to see LaMelo in, in, in that color. I don't know why. He just looks good in that color. And uh, Edwards was pretty much expected. Wiseman, there was a little bit of talk about how the Golden State Warriors were going to trade that number two pick. But right before the draft, there were some breaking news. Klay Thompson, man, David, David, devastating injury. Um, Clay's out for another season, and, and that just sucks to see. Obviously, they got Kelly Oubre coming in to uh, sort of fill up that cap space with the Warriors. I think they had about $17 million, their trade ex- exception uh, salary. So they picked up Kelly Oubre, absorbed his salary for $14 million. But what, what do you think about uh, at least top three? Expected? No. I know we kind of had a, a little bet on uh, LaMelo going one, but it wasn't as expected in reality, right? Yeah, we uh, we took some, took some bets on that. But I think, I mean, you could have flip-flopped LaMelo ball. I know you were talking about, you know, the the Timberwolves roster had so many shooting guards right. and and Preaching point that. guards already. So you know Anthony Edwards, kind of that middle ground small forward guy, probably gonna you know plug him in there and see what he can do. I like to pick big pickup for the Warriors though. I think it's kind of underrated pick, you know, because it gets overshadowed with Steph and Draymond already there. But James Wiseman, he is gonna bring that just overall bigness that the Warriors are kind of lacking right now. They don't have a guy over 6'6 right now on the roster. Wiseman coming in, I mean, 6'10", almost probably plus. Definite Uh, starter at first? I think so. I think you have to throw him in there. I think especially now that Clay's, I mean, out, you don't really know what your expectations are for this season. I bet they'll make it to the playoffs, but they don't have the mindset of we're going to – that we're going to – I'll cut that, but – yeah, I don't think they'll have the mindset of, like, we got to win a championship this year. I think it's right. kind of, you know, up in the air at that point. But, yeah, I like that pick. And then a LaMelo ball, we'll see. We'll see if he uh, turns out any better than Lonzo. Right? I think the LaMelo ball can't be a better pick for the Charlotte Hornets because now the the reality of LaVar and MJ may be going at it, you know, low that one-on-one action. I think, I think maybe a little one-on-one action, but I think it might put LaVar in his place a little bit, right? <laughs> You might not snap out at at Michael Jordan like he would maybe another coach or another GM, right? I think MJ is just a stud, man. He's sipping on some wine. He said, I can deal with that fool if I deal with everybody else in the NBA. Ain't ain't no sweat over here. I kind of like – I feel like a lot of GMs, especially Michael Jordan, being like, I can handle 
LeVar Ball. That's that's no sweat to me. And his son's a fucking stud. So right. it's all good over here. What about – all right, so some other notable picks. Everyone knows who went top three. You got Obi Toppin uh, was honestly projected one early, early in the summer. Um, Knicks got a good trade – or a good pick there, no? Yeah, I, I love that pick for the Knicks. Obi Toppin is a – I mean, probably one of the most athletic guys in this draft, if not the most athletic – Knicks, obviously, you don't know how their organization is going. But, yeah, if they can, you know, put some pieces together, I know they're going to keep Julius Randle. Maybe, you know, trade RJ. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if he'll stay there. But I like to pick. He's going to be a, you know, he's going to be a super- right in there to the mix. Yeah, he'll he'll be a superstar in this league for a couple of years. And, and we talk about it, man. We've talked about it in our past episodes. But guys that go to the Knicks, it just you know we there's this there's this reputation of hey, you know you're really good, and then the Knicks just kind of make you, I don't know, yeah. overshadowed maybe. Yeah. Um, don't think that's gonna happen for Obi. I think Obi's gonna get in there. I think the Knicks are kind of making a, a change in direction over there in New York. Um, any other notable trades that you see from this draft? Me personally, I thought Cole Anthony slipped a little bit, uh, but you know, so lottery pick. I think Orlando is definitely going to use utilize uh, point slash shooting guard with Cole Anthony, especially with DJ Augustine getting traded, and uh, RJ Hampton. I think was a big guy on our list as well going to the Nuggets. And I, I don't know what did you see from that. Those are the two guys that I saw from the pick that can definitely use a, a you know use their skills on the jump right off the jump. Right. I think also Nico Mannion to the Warriors. Big pickup for the Warriors. He's kind of, oh, yeah. He kind of slipped in this draft a little bit. Um, he was one of the top high school players a couple years back now. But yeah, I think he'll come in, get minutes right off the bat, um, backing up uh, Steph, especially now that Clay's, you know, down for the year. His role is going to be, you know, determined a lot more for that organization in terms of if he's going to fit into that maybe be a backup. I was thinking maybe like a Corey Joseph role for him. Yeah. Um, Corey Joseph, nice. you know, is, is is one of those guys for the Pacers that really was a, could be a starter, but he got the minutes that he got just because people in front of him um, were kind of better and fit the system a little more. Same with the Warriors, you know, and having uh, Steph Curry there. So, Watch out for Nico Mania. I think he'll turn some heads for sure. I mean, yeah, and I want to touch up on that. He's one of the three guys whose father uh, got drafted. Um, it was, I think, it was Nico Mannion, KJ Martin. Obviously, Kenyon Martin went went number one back in the draft, and then Cole Anthony, who we just talked about, Greg, his dad. Uh, pretty cool to see Nico, you know, his father get drafted by the Warriors, and then I even watched the you know the press conference of uh, James Wiseman and Nico Mannion. These guys, I mean, Wiseman can speak Mandarin, and Nico is just Italian, and Golden State has one of the biggest, you know, diverse fan bases. So I'm sure the the whole fan base of Golden State loves that. Um, how about our guy Cassius Stanley? Or Cassius Stanley? Guy slipped in the draft, but I'll take a Duke player any day. Yeah, you were saying that to me. Like, Duke, I mean, we'll take a guy, you know, established, yeah. you know, college, you know, prestige – and I don't know. I, we'll see how he fits in. I think there's a lot of questions, obviously, still surrounding Vic and if he's going to, you know, how he's going to, you know, perform this year. But I like it. I mean, he's just an overall, you know, outstanding basketball player. Had a higher vertical than Zion. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have any, like, real strengths um, after doing some research on him. But he's just an overall, like, just solid basketball player. He can do a lot of different things on the floor. Um, so I think the Pacers, you know, kind of fit that, you know, we got like a TJ Warren kind of just does it all. Obviously he, you know, stepped it up in a bubble and scored a lot for us, but for Cassius Stan, I think the, the sky is the limit and coming from Duke, like you said, is just amazing organization for college. So I, I can't be mad at the pick. We'll see if he turns mm-hmm. out. For me personally, this might be a hot take, but I think he is already the most athletic guy on our roster. Definitely, uh, you know, sort of symbol or yeah, I guess symbolizes uh, what's his name, Edmund Sumner. So much better than Edmund already. I think he's better than the past three first round picks that we've had. Go God, TJ, and I think Aaron. Uh, I think he fits Aaron's personality very well. Um, yeah, I love to see him. A lot of with these second round draft picks, man, they kind of just you know they they start out in the G League and then you know they're on that. You know, we'll play you a little bit. He did get drafted. So we'll see what he does. Excited to, man, I'm just excited that NBA is coming back in another month. 
Uh, but let's just talk about the real stuff, right? We got a bunch of trades Friday night, even even before then. I think the first trade that we saw was Schroeder to the Lakers. OKC receives Danny Green. Danny Green uh, didn't even touch foot in Oklahoma City, and then he's traded to the Sixers. Sixers receive Al Horford. Anything on that? Chris Paul is you know going to the Suns. Anything on that? Yeah, Schroeder to the Lakers is obviously, I think, a step up from Rondo, kind of a younger Rondo-ish guy, kind of scrappy. I like that pickup for them. I don't know if we'll see Schroeder in the starting lineup. We'll see. But uh, and oh, it, Schroeder's it, definitely in the starting lineup. Uh, we'll see. I don't know yet. They they picked up some other, you know, they could be making some moves to Rondo out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. We'll see because I, I just, I'm not, I don't want to say it now because I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, Danny Green to the Sixers. I think that's a good fit for the 76ers in terms of, 76ers been looking for shooting, you know, since JJ Redick left. So right. Danny Green uh, had a rocky ending to his season with the Lakers in terms of the fan base just pretty much shitting all over him <laughs> for not making threes. But um, yeah, good for the Sixers. And then yeah. another ad that the Lakers had was Montrezl Harold. I like yep. that a lot. We see another, you know, Lou Williams and and uh, Patrick Beverly kind of teamed up a little bit on social and was like, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, it's a business. Um, but it just makes the, uh, competitiveness with the two LA teams a lot more now. I'll tell you what, man, don't hate the player, hate the game, but you know, you look at the Lakers and they got the best starting duo. And now what did they just receive? Six mans, the best bench duo. Right. And, uh, and even to add on to Wesley Matthews, another sniper coming from, you know, Pacers to the Bucks. Uh, performs, you know, extremely well over there. And then now for the Lakers, man, the Lakers making moves. I feel like the Lakers can't just be, you know, they, they can't be, um, you know, just taking a pause uh, in this, in this off season because everyone else is making moves. Right. I mean, Dwight Howard gone, you got Rondo gone. Uh, Avery Bradley is gone. They, they waved um, Quinn cook. So it's just like, you have to add pieces like that. And, and they're making they're making wise decisions too with these older guys that are more like vets in the league, paying a little bit more. No, you know, no sweat to me. I think the Lakers definitely uh, excelled in this in this offseason already for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Next big one I want to mention is the Chris Paul. You kind of said it earlier. Yeah, Chris yeah. Paul to the Suns. I mean, OKC is racking up draft picks left and right here, but uh, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, a young guy from last year. Yeah, big, um, big. but yeah, Chris Paul to the Suns. I think. The Suns showed some promise in terms of just becoming a team in the bubble and adding somebody like Chris Paul, a true vet and a point guard that can just kind of take over the game in terms of like picking when to, you know, exploit a matchup and just take them down the stretch of games will really ultimately help the Suns. So I'm excited to see, you know, Devin Booker learn from Chris Paul of how to become a superstar because Chris Paul is obviously on his downcline in this league, but good pickup for the Suns. I'm glad that they made a push. What do you think about that? Do you like that trade? Some yeah, I like said- it. I, I like the I like the DeAndre Aiden. I know I know what some people said, but I mean Chris Paul is is taking an OKC team to fifth and then going to Game Seven with the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I think the Suns finally need something like that. They made moves. Why not rebuild? Uh, get rid of the guys who who've, you've had on the roster for a minute. Get rid of those guys. Bring it. I mean, let's see what you can do in the next year, man. It's it's a weird year. You're playing in another month. Let's get Chris Paul's re-signed DeAndre Aiden. Uh, you know, you got Devin Booker there. I mean, you saw what D-Book did in the bubble. We'll see if, you know, that, that uh, you know, that repeats pretty much. And I think the Suns are more of a, a seventh and eighth spot in the West. Just, I mean, if they were in the East, they'd probably be third or fourth, but love to see it. Uh, another big trade. I played with the guy in 2K growing up all my life. Drew Holiday. I think the Pacers one of them. Pacers wanted him. It wasn't going to happen. Drew saying, you know, I'm going to go to a contending team in the East. He goes to the Bucks. Obviously, they get rid of Eric Bledsoe, the point guards, George Hill. Three first-round picks and two draft picks uh, in the future. Love Drew Holiday there. I think uh Bogdan Bogdanovich was a was a rumor that he was going to go there but then he backed out the Bucks said no but the Bucks are pretty much doing everything they can to keep Giannis right right see I have some this is where my my hot take will come in All right. just in terms a- of 
I'm not sold on Drew Holiday being such an upgrade and such a bargaining chip to Giannis in terms of like, we just signed Drew Holiday, now you have to stay. Because Eric Bledsoe is, I mean, he's a good point guard. He's a defensive-minded, kind of like Drew. Drew Holiday can score a little bit better, but it's not that much of an upgrade to me um, in that position. I know they made some other little moves, uh, you know, adding a couple pieces here and there, but in terms of like doing this to keep Giannis, I know there's reports out there. It's like now that they, now that they got a, you know, solidified point guard, Giannis can't leave and he'll be more attractive to stay. Drew Holiday. Yes. He's probably top. I will say top 15 point guard in the league. Mm -hmm. I can't put him in my top 10 yet. I just haven't seen enough from him. And maybe this is the place that he, you know, kind of steps his game up and becomes one of those real top point guards in the league. But I don't know. I don't know if it's enough for for Giannis to stay. Um, okay. I like that. I like the top 15. Let's stay in the East real quick. We got three guys that I want to mention here. Gordon Hayward wanted him at the Pacers. Pacers offered him everything pretty much that he wanted. His family is from uh, Indiana. He as well. Um, goes with the Hornets. Going to go play with P.J. Washington, LaMelo Ball. Kind of robbed the NBA, in my opinion, with $130 million for a four-year deal with the Hornets. Another guy, Rajon Rondo, two-year deal with the Hawks with Trey Young. Doesn't quite make sense to me. Does Trey Young go to the shooting guard? Does Rondo come off the bench? And then going back to the Celtics, what did the Celtics get out of that, that whole ordeal? Was, I don't know, a guy named Tristan Thompson out of nowhere uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers and signed with the Celtics for two years worth $19 million. Anything on that? Yeah, big. I mean, Celtics were kind of, you know, in that position of what are we going to do in this offseason? We got to get better. Um, And they did it. I think Tristan Thompson will be a big edge in that, you know, center slash power forward role that they really need. They don't really need offensive, you know, prowess at that position. But Tristan Thompson is automatically makes their defense and rebounding and protecting that paint so much better. Um, so I like that for the Celtics. And then Rondo, I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. Is me. he starting or is he he's coming off the bench? I think he'll have to come off the bench there. I think yeah. he was just, you know, coming off the championship. Rondo trying to get a bag for the last time. Got his, you know, his, you know, his second championship and said, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Let's just, you know, call it what it is. Let me get paid real yeah. quick. And then Hayward. Still in Atlanta, you know. Yeah. And then Hayward, you mentioned, I wish the Pacers, you know, could have snagged him, but uh, he's going to fit well with, you know, the young guys over there in uh, Charlotte, just because he's, he's kind of a seasoned veteran in my eyes. Uh, I know he's coming off an injury, but yeah, he'll help those guys develop and, and, you know, see what, you know, what the, the future might hold for the Hornets and he'll be a part of that for sure. So yeah, I think the best thing uh, about not acquiring Hayward was that we didn't have to get up any give up anybody because I think there are rumors with Miles Turner. Because, uh, you know, Celtics, they just signed Tristan Thompson. Like we just said, they could have had Miles Turner, and the Celtics could have been scary. Miles Turner is very good. I'd love to keep Miles. They could have traded TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb. I know you were talking about. Um, he robbed the NBA, though, in my opinion. I don't think Gordon Hayward is, is that uh, good anymore, unfortunately, after his injury. What about another big guy here? Steven Adams traded to the Pelicans. Uh, for a first for future first and second round picks from OKC. I think I saw something on TikTok the other day how OKC in the past three years have acquired 16 picks until 2026, first round and second round. Yeah, the, I mentioned it. OKC is just racking up these picks. I mean, they're going to have 16 first rounders. Uh, it's 14 first rounders, and I think 14 it's up first. To, yeah, and I think it's up to it was up to 18 total picks in the next until 2025 it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> but yeah i van gundy adding a big guy i knew this was gonna happen mm-hmm. i mean van gundy likes to slow the ball down you know push push the pace when it needs to be pushed um but he is a defensive and then kind of you know run your sets on offense type of coach steven adams is that guy um for the pelicans to do that I like it. I think the Pelicans will be scary next year. They've added so many pieces to potentially, you know, put them in a position to make a run. 
So you, you can't ever count out a full year of Zion and what he does right. um, and how he treats the, the rest of the season. So I like it a lot. Um, I know there was a, I know there was other teams like the Celtics wanted Steven Adams. Yeah. They just couldn't, you know, pick on his contract and stuff like that. But I yeah, know. I was going to say, I think Steven Adams fits, fits better at that team than OKC. He kind of looked like he was just in a slump. You know, he's kind of on a, on a, on a stump there in OKC. Uh, last, last guys that I want to talk about real quick, Sergi Baca, two guys from, from Toronto, Sergi Baca, uh, signs a two-year, and I don't know exactly how much he's getting, a two-year uh, replacing Montrezl Harrell in Los Angeles for the Clippers. And then mad respect for a record-breaking deal for a guy that went undrafted, getting paid you know, the most in NBA history as an undrafted player is uh, Fred Van Fleet, another four-year, four four uh, $85 million. So yeah, got to shout out those two guys, man. But I, I don't know what Toronto – it looks like Toronto kind of took a downfall – um, more of like a rebuilding stage almost after those two guys left. And they're trying to, I think they're trying to get Mark Gasol back, trying to make a deal out of that if that hasn't happened yet. Um, but yeah, I know, mad respect to Van Fleet. I know uh, latest reports came out today, which is Sunday. Um, as you know, we record on Sundays, but Lakers potentially going after Gasol too. So it might be a little bidding war there with Toronto. But yeah. Fred Van Fleet, tip your hat to a guy, you know, getting his his bag up and making the money. So I like it. Serge Ibaka, still a solid player, so we'll see what he can do in Los Angeles. But, yeah, a lot of moves. We know that there's a lot of other names out there. We just, you know, trying to get the big notable names and biggest impact of players. So sorry if we, you know, missed out on a couple of your favorite players out there. Or Who you got for next season? Come on, both conferences. Who you got? Making it out? Making it out. Um, I will I will be safe and I'll say the Celtics will make it out of the East and I will say the Lakers will make it back okay. next year, at least one one more year for the Lakers. Just got because, a lot of free agents next year. Yeah. Just because the Lakers, you know, they're defending. So you I won't say that they'll lose until they get put out. So right. All right. But yeah, guys, I think with that, we guys, uh, we will catch you guys next week. Make sure to tune in and, you know, like our uh, our photos. Andy is doing a great job on that social media grind with all these, you know, these uh, I'm up late at night at one o'clock in the morning and these these uh, woes bombs are coming in and you're getting them out there. So no joke, man. Just trying to keep up with the rest of the world here. Yeah, so make sure to go uh, on Instagram and Twitter to check out the latest news around the NBA. But uh, with that, we will uh, catch you next week, guys. Thank you. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, Pace Nation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the night.